0: Everybody. Welcome to episode six of Ironman and Man Moment, and airman's podcast. I'm Sergeant Bowles, and today I have with me Staff Sergeant Logan Stevenson and Airman Jack Dixon, who are our WINGS Cyber Assurity Specialists. Uh, how are you guys doing?
1: Doing all right. Doing good, doing good.
0: Good. Awesome, guys. So we know that September is, is Cyber Awareness Month, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So today I, you guys are here to talk to us about insider threat awareness. Um, so I guess let's start off the bat. What is insider threat awareness?
2: Well, we can break it down like this. So an insider is somebody with privileged access or authorized access to an organization. So technically we're insiders. We have authorized access to information that people outside the organization don't have. An insider threat, is whenever an insider wants to do harm to the organization or wants to collect our data and give it out to someone outside the organization, which could harm the mission and the organization overall.
1: Um, there's a couple different types of insider threats. Uh, there's intentional ones and unintentional. Um, so intentional insider threats will, be like our adversaries, people who want to get inside of our network and steal our information on purpose. An unintentional person could be the average user um, who may accidentally stick a hard drive into a nipper machine and that is collected by accident. Um, That attack was initiated by somebody who wanted to gain that information, but the person who carried it out didn't really understand the damage that could be done um to them it's just hey i want to use this flash drive there's a cool movie on it or something like that so they're not aiming to do harm but it ends up doing harm um another situation could be maybe they're writing their passwords down on sticky notes like and that's how somebody else gains access to some important files that may not need to be put out and right yeah okay
0: what's the responsibility of the individual and what's the responsibility of you guys as our um, cyber assurity specialists to, to mitigate the damage?
2: Well, the funny thing is, is with insider threats, the, it's hard to catch it before it happens. Normally, you're just mitigating the damage to your organization after the fact, because a lot of times there's a stigma around people reporting unusual behavior because they don't want anybody to get in trouble. They know, no, know, is that unusual behavior? Or maybe they're just having a bad day or something like that. But just because you report somebody doesn't mean they have to get in trouble. It just kind of brings that to life.
0: What would you suggest people do to, uh, to eliminate or mitigate those insider threats? What would be maybe a checklist to make sure they do and don't do uh, or things to look out for, whatever?
1: Um, So I think a few things that you can do. So there's uh, some pretty common red flags. Um, If somebody goes into a deep, dark hole of just debt, like that could be a red flag. We should watch out for that. Um, If we notice somebody may be speaking with like a foreign country that we could be uh, having issues with, that'd be something to look out for. Uh, Somebody wanting access to something that they don't have access or the need to know, um, that could be another red flag. So we always wanna look out for those things. And if we see those things, report up the chain of command um, and just look out for people who may be not following those uh, policies. Um, and those are just some things that you could do to help out.
0: So what do you think the motivation is for people to do these cyber attacks and things like that?
2: Well, I think right off the bat, financial gain is one of the biggest ones. It's always about money. Um, That's why whenever you are in some sort of financial debt, it will always flag on your security clearance because you're now a risk and our enemies can take advantage of you because they can offer, hey, here's this amount of money to take care of that debt. I just need you to do this small thing for me or here's a large sum of money, get this information for me and that'll, that'll cause a harm to the organization overall. Um, sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with money. Sometimes it has to do with a, a vendetta that they might have against the organization. Maybe they were punished for something that they thought was unjust. Maybe they were looked over for a promotion or weren't able to uh, to shine out as other employees did. So they are just focused on harming the organization, getting even right um and then there's also there's espionage and sabotage that is where they are usually tasked by some kind of foreign government or some sort of outside entity to steal our information and cause harm to the to the mission maybe sabotage a vehicle or or um yeah just sabotage critical systems that could cause harm to the mission overall
0: you mean like a um like a virus on
2: For sure. For sure. Yeah. Plugging up a USB drive to the network and putting a virus out there, that would that would really cause harm to the network.
0: Yeah. And what is espionage? Again, can we just kind of make sure that people understand what that is as well specifically?
1: So espionage is something like uh, you would consider like back in the day there were spies, um, things like that. People who came to steal different ideas or uh, different experiments that the US may have been putting out, different technological breakthroughs that other people want. Um, They wanna know the weaknesses to those uh, different experiments or equipment that we may use. Um, So they would be those spies, like espionage could be considered spying on an adversary. Um, That would be considered espionage.
0: Oh, you know, like our cyber awareness training, that whole section there Mm. where you have to match the espionage.
2: Yeah, it seems silly, but it actually does make sense. Yeah, Yeah. it really does, you know.
0: (laughs) Depending on where you're at, depending on what you're doing, I mean, you could have some really sensitive information, you know, like Mm. what if you had your top secret clearance or you worked in a skiff, or, Mm. you know, never know what people would be interested Mm. in. You know, maybe this piece of information means nothing Mm. this piece of information means nothing but when you put it together
1: Mm. and it's something important it's just like in real life like you keep your social security uh number private you keep your credit card numbers private same thing with information that's classified or uh, just not for public use like you keep that stuff secret um and it's, it's just not good to uh one not be careful with it or be careless with it um, because people do want that information and they can do some very gruesome things with it. So oh, yeah. just keep that in mind whenever you're operating on the right. network.
0: Yeah. So I know like on, you know, last year with COVID mm-hmm. on the rise and um, people teleworking and things like that. So was there any significant, like noticeable increase in um, the uh, cyber threats and insider threats or anything like that?
2: Absolutely. Uh, There was a a large increase with all the teleworking because you're not in this environment where there's other people around to check your progress and check your work. Uh, There was a 40%, 47% jump since 2018. So it's gone from 3,200 to 4,700 per year. And that's in terms of uh, insider threat attacks. And that's from the FBI.
0: So that's in like, like nationally. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's just crazy to me. Um, is there anything that you could tell people who are maybe still teleworking or have to once in a while to like kind of take extra precautions um, somehow?
1: One thing I would say is just pay attention to your policies and procedures. They're, they're they're there for a reason. If they tell you not to say certain things or access certain websites, there's a reason for that. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I can say is just pay attention to those, the little things. Cause the little things are usually the things that uh cause big threats um and those are the places that we need work
2: on keep your equipment and yourself secure um make sure just be able to speak up if you see something unusual or you see something that's out of the ordinary that could be a potential threat speak up i mean if it's uh if it's a misunderstanding then it's a misunderstanding but if it's something then you could possibly save the organization's mission overall all right
0: okay uh Well, thanks guys for coming in and talking to us about this i know it's a really important topic and you know nobody wants to give away free information to people who don't need it or deserve it um so hopefully this will reach some people and get them to think twice before they take action that could negatively affect our wing so um but i appreciate it thanks thank you. Thank you Today we have with us Ms. Emily Holmes, the 189th Airlift Wing Director of Psychological Health. Welcome Emily and thanks for being on the show.
3: Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Good.
0: Uh, glad you're here. Um, so as we all know, next month we're going to be um, talking about suicide prevention and awareness as well as our Invisible Wounds Initiative. So I was hoping today we could talk a bit little about some of the resources you have, programs, things like that
3: for our airmen and their families. Okay, so I did want to just kind of talk about the uh, in, about invisible wounds. Um, the invisible wounds initiative is supposed to, the idea is to engage airmen, guardians, um, family family members and care providers, as well as leadership to improve our perception of invisible wounds and just kind of remove those barriers to care. So what is an invisible wound? It's a cognitive, emotional or behavioral behavioral condition that can be associated with trauma or serious adverse life events. So, um, it could be major depressive disorder, it could be something like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury. In a personal setting, uh, airmen may find that they have more um, conflict in their relationships and difficulty building trust with others, so it might manifest in those types of ways. Professionally, it could be that they um, may fail to complete missions, um, tasks on time, um, can struggle to build positive workplace relationships, um, might compromise the safety of their fellow service members. It's not always easy to tell the difference between behaviors slightly out of the norm and, um, what, what might be the signs of a mental health condition. There are a few things to look out for, and that could be, like, trouble sleeping, sensitivity to light and sound, chronic pain, poor self-care, fatigue, feeling anxious, headaches, irritability, frustration, anger, flashbacks, um, trouble with memory or attention, uh, avoidance or detachment. So uh, with the Invisible Wounds Program, um,
0: is there any type of resources or programs available for them to
3: utilize? I'm glad you asked. Um, So the resources available to you, uh, there's me. I'm the DPH, uh, which is basically I'm your wing social worker, I'm a good resource if to provide short-term, non-medical, solution-focused counseling. If it's something that you need a higher level of care, or if it's something you just want some resources, community-based resources, I'll be happy to assist with that. So where do you think people can go to find
0: um, the other resources, like uh, maybe Military Wine source or any of the other uh, military crisis line things like that um, aside from this podcast here.
3: And well I've been working with PA to put stuff in uh, onto our social media accounts um, su- next month is suicide prevention month so we'll be putting out contact information, resources and more for you to be able to see.
0: Okay, very good. Um as far as suicide prevention and awareness goes and the Invisible Wounds initiative with the movement out of Afghanistan, Um, people who have served over there or who have known people who served over there are probably having a few mixed emotions right now Uh, what kind of advice would you offer them to help them cope or move forward with what's going on around them
3: well yeah I'm glad you brought that up so it's important to be on the lookout for different red flags or things that are not normal for you Um, changes in behavior like isolation Angry outbursts, increased alcohol use, or having trouble sleeping. Um, it's it's really important to reach out for support if you notice that you're struggling with these things. It is okay to seek help. Things things come up that you think could think this was resolved years ago, or this wasn't even a thing, and now you know could have all different complex emotions regarding around this
0: all right emily well thank you for joining us this is great information um i think you're a great resource and if they're you're not the perfect fit for them it's so great that you could point them in the right direction so um i hope that there's a lot of people who if they're having these types of problems um, would be willing to step out of their box and come to see you. The wings moment of truth was finally met last drill when we completed the uei and capstone that we've been working on for the past four years colonel martin and chief Rohauer shared the announcement with the wing in a recent video for our september drill
4: let's go over the results of our inspection and talk about it a little bit the 189th completed the 2017 to 2021 unit effectiveness inspection with an overall grade of effective now that may sound a little blah, a little just like normal, but there was actually 11 sub areas that were graded highly effective, including the discipline and quality of life subsection under major graded area two, leading people. Our wing fought through all kinds of challenges during the four years that this was on our plate.
0: What the Herc? That's awesome. Congratulations to all our guardsmen and key contributors for their hard work and dedication to making our wing successful in everything we do. Another way to be successful is to be prepared for the mission. Preparation includes receiving vaccines. Check out the info Colonel Martin and Chief Rohauer have for our guardsmen and their families regarding COVID and the new mandatory vaccination requirement for DoD personnel. Okay, everybody, next we have with us Lieutenant Colonel Justin Fitzpatrick, who is our 189th Airlift Wing Innovation Lead. I have him here today to talk about the new UV light system that's in our wing. Welcome, and let's talk about it.
4: Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. So can you talk to us about this new light system that we see around the wing? Um, What exactly is it, and what does it do?
4: Sure. So this project started last year uh, around May time frame when COVID Alpha was becoming a new threat for all of us. Um, we stood up the Team Dusimus working group to analyze the COVID countermeasures that we had available to us. And we really, we did everything. We went outside the box. We were calling companies in Israel about rapid tests. We were looking at QR code scanning for uh, contact tracing and one of the companies we got in touch with was Far-UV Technologies, and they're in the 222 nanometer business. It's a really an emerging technology, and we never really saw a need for it before COVID uh, came on the scene. And so right now, what they're making is an eye-safe, skin-safe solution that can be used in occupied areas. And by using this UV light, it's very, very deadly to any pathogens, but is harmless to people. Uh, so we've, we've, uh, installed that throughout the 189th airlift wing as part of an SBIR contract. We have 175 units. We led the implementation for all the department of defense. We were the first DOD unit to install this. Uh, we iterated through different implementations, through different designs, and finally settled on the design we have today, which is uh, a really, really effective tool for controlling airborne uh, pathogens. Oh okay,
0: yeah. Awesome. So like these, uh. They're just like lights. Where are they located at? Just Where can you find these lights?
4: So right now we're using them for our uh, occupied areas, our high traffic areas. So the briefing room where you might have 20 or 30 people for our break rooms, for our conference rooms, over our water fountains. And they basically just have a down light that uh, makes that area a lot safer.
0: Okay. And you talked about earlier, it's 222 nanometer technology. Can you kind of just In layman's terms, explain what that is for
4: us. It is. And that's the key part of the technology. Because when people think UV, they think of the sun. They think UVA, UVB, UVC. And that breaks down in different wavelengths of light onto the spectrum. Um, So UVC really starts at about 254 nanometers. And that's been used for a long time, even around people in some cases. But you do have some risk uh, of future cancer development, it does do some minor damage to the skin over a long period of exposure. So 222 gets under that threshold of what could be harmful. It doesn't get through your skin layer. Uh, The dead skin cells on the outside and on top of the cornea of the eye, they, they absorb all of that light. So really you're not having any effect on the organism unless it's very, very small. So the wavelengths are short enough that they will go in and deactivate COVID-19, adenoviruses, bacterium any other pathogens, but they won't harm living skin cells. So this
0: is actually more beneficial than just for COVID. It's for any bacteria that it, it can, that comes in contact with your, like surfaces and things like that.
4: It is. So we have uh, some good functionality on surfaces. It's a light, you know, so anywhere there's a shadow, you're not gonna have any effectiveness, but it's extremely capable against anything airborne. Um, again, cold, flu, think any of your COVID variants, It's not like a drug that really targets a variant. It just targets any pathogens. So it's highly, highly effective against airborne pathogens. Uh, Dr. Uh, Carl Linden out of CU Boulder, he did a series of tests against uh, a battery of viruses and found that strangely, it's more effective against those viruses than the normal UV we've been using for 40 or 50 years now. Um, I don't know what it is. It's harmless to us because it's such a short wavelength, but it's really, really crippling to any pathogens. And how long it takes to kill the pathogen, deactivate it, is based on the type of pathogen you have.
0: Okay. Wow. That's scientific. <laughs> Good information. Good try. So, uh, but, okay. So as far as the wing, um, they've, been in this, they've been installed in, throughout our wing for a while, a year and a half, maybe, a year. Um, uh, what benefits has the wing seen from since the installation of these lights here?
4: Well, so that's a, that's a great question. And it was one of our initial problem sets, which is if we only install it in the wing, do we have a big enough data set to tell if we're having any effect? Because it's not like I have a virus tracker, I can't tell you there was a virus here and it's gone now. So what we were looking at was trend data. As we installed here, um, AATC out in Tucson, um, that organization runs ArcWorks, who really was the main helper in this project, they installed in their building as well. And even before we were done with our implementation, uh, other units called to install, including the Pentagon. So now we have a few offices and we just wait. So have we had any transmissions of COVID here in the workplace? We have not. Uh, in the Pentagon, have they? They have not. Um, and they were having transmissions. And then we had at the building in Tucson, which was a meeting place, uh, we actually had a member who was asymptomatic and they confirmed Delta carrier, who was at work for three days and didn't know. They were interacting with everybody. Sure. They had masks on, but this building is protected by UV light. Strangely, the most contagious variant of this virus and no one else gets sick. So I don't have proof for you. I don't have hard, hard numbers of how many viruses were killed, but now we're seeing a trend. Now we're seeing a positive impact and we can build on that.
0: That's awesome. That's just crazy how much impact that would have, you know, just in addition to using other safety measures like your social distancing, your masking, um, Washing hands, your basic things. Uh, it's good to have one other thing that essentially has your back when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Um, I know, like uh, as far as you know, the mission goes. We can't have airmen who are getting sick from COVID uh, to do our mission. If, if they're sick, they can't do the mission. If we can't do the mission, can't support the state, can't support the country. So it's really important to find innovative solutions like this to keep our airmen healthy and happy, as well as their families. So.
4: Well, you're a hundred percent right there. Um, now is actually a great example of that. You know, we're into hurricane season. We're seeing our second major landfall in as many weeks. So we have a tremendous responsibility, not only to our state and our state partners, but also to our federal mission of training C-130 students. So if you look at right now, the wing, um, we're getting those vaccination numbers up We're prior to the September 15th deadline. So we do have unvaccinated individuals. Now, where are we if half of our individuals are quarantined? Now we've got hurricane relief efforts going on in Louisiana. What's going to happen if we're called tomorrow? So this is an enormous readiness issue. And we saw during the first wave of Alpha, you know, we had some work from home workers. We had people being quarantined. um, As a wing plans officer, I was seeing it every day. We were seeing quarantines work from homes. And you know there, there is a decreased mission capability when that overtakes you. So this was our offensive measure. This is the thing, we're not just reporting what happens to people. We've really led, we've played an enormous part in this industry over the last year and a half. It's a nascent growing industry. And, and we now have a tool that we can use offensively rather than just hope people wash their hands and socially distance.
0: Good. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the community potential. I know um, we recently did a story about uh, the possibility of putting these light systems in like schools or um, their school buses, like tra- public transportation, things like that. Um, you know, what, what do you think the potential is there to be able to do that?
4: So our potential is being realized even uh, outside of our state. Um, and you're right. That was a great story. And I think it covered some important topics. Um, Just recently, I was contacted by a homeless shelter in Boston, and they wanted a reference for how we implemented these lights because some of the original implementations of these systems going back 30 years was in homeless shelters for airborne tuberculosis, which had a major effect. So we're looking at schools. We're looking at buses. I've talked out of state to other busing companies. The public school system in Chicago is looking at putting them in. So we're right on the leading edge of this wave. But the transmission risk in schools is very high, and especially when kids are showing to be asymptomatic in many cases. So what we're hoping is we can bring this really revolutionary technology to the attention of the school systems locally. There's a lot of money in ESSER funds. There's a lot of federal grants. And I I would love to see it in my kids' school. I would love to see it in the high-risk areas, the locker rooms, the bathrooms, um, the hallways, or the reception areas. I know that teachers have a lot of concern in the classrooms. They want them clean. And this would be a major, major uh, tool for them to use. Yeah,
0: I know. For me, for my kids, you know i would i would be appreciative of anything that you know kept them just that much safer from getting covid or any other viruses in school Because you know like my kids are older but for people who have little kids you know they know that they're supposed to wash their hands but that doesn't mean they're always <laughs> going to do what they're supposed to do so that's awesome i really hope that we can get that pushed out and um, other people will jump on board and and start adopting this new technology i think it's a great thing um it's,
4: uh... Well, I, I hope so. It's a very unintrusive install. It, it doesn't really attract people's attention and scare people. But, you know, and you and I have talked about this. People have heard so much about COVID over the last year and a half. We Obviously, we'd really love it to go away. It doesn't seem inclined to do that. So we have to have some new solutions. But it's difficult to get people to listen one more time. And so that's what we're trying to do is, look, look just listen one more time. You haven't heard of this it's amazing you're gonna love it um so we're 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 hopeful for the future and we're hopeful that uh you know arkansas does well as this delta variant burns itself out
0: good uh is there anything else you'd like to add to the story anything i forgot to ask uh, uh, you're the expert so
4: well i I would say that uh i'm I'm very proud of the team uh starting with the Arcworks community out in tucson they've done a tremendous amount of work for us Uh, The Army has done a lot for us as well. We received national stock numbers because of the Army actually vouched for us. So that's available for any DOD unit now to purchase without a contract. And I've been incredibly appreciative of the number of people who have helped. I think that I I know for a fact that there are more advances on the way that are really going to blow people's minds when it comes to disease prevention. And uh, we have really done our homework, but, you know, don't take my word for it. If people are interested, they should reach out to us, reach out to your public affairs office or my office. My name is in the, the um, articles. Please reach out and we'll show you our due diligence. And I think everybody should be taking a look at this.
0: Awesome. And guys, if you are interested in more detailed explanations and anything further about this story, we have three articles that you can find on our Facebook and our official website, www189 wang Check it out, read the information. If you have questions, please reach out to us and ask. We all know how important it is to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe.
4: We are Mission Ready Airmen, providing premier training to the C-130 and cyber enterprises, capitalizing on partnerships to support the state and defend the nation. Our vision is to be a diverse family of airmen, dedicated, adaptive, and empowered to lead.